Welcome to the Grass Wagon Revival with your host, the Bishop of Bluegrass, Dino Graham. Bringing the best music and entertainment right here on the bluegrassjamboree.com. That's right, folks, here on the Bluegrass Jamboree award-winning 2024 Spigma Radio Station of the Year. I am your host, Dino Graham, the Bishop of Bluegrass. The show is Grass Wagon Revival on Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. And today I am broadcasting live from Palatka, Florida, here at the EMS Bluegrass Festival, sponsored by Put On by Evans Media Source. What a fantabulous festival. If you've never been to an EMS festival, it's incredible. And one thing that makes the EMS festival so great are the wonderful artists that come here. And we were just blessed with a 12 o'clock set by the Edgar Loudermilk Band and sitting with us right now, banjo player, award-winning Anthony Howell. How are you, Anthony? I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here. You know, I, I, I remember the first time I came to Palatka, I think in 2019 I was here with Williamson Branch and uh, had a good time. This was That was the last time Norman Adams I think ran the festival. Yeah. And uh, good good times, a great facility, and it's beautiful weather out today. It's a little bit of an overcast, and it's just it's a beautiful day for a festival. It's perfect. You and I just might get a little suntan today. Uh, well, I don't know about a tan, but I'll sure enough burn. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're talking way back, well, not way back, but you're talking like back in the past, like you're 50 or 60 years old. You look about 16 years old. Uh, <laughs> I know you, there's a lot of Anthony Howell fans out there. How old are you, Anthony? I'm 23. I'm, 23. I'm, I'm actually getting ready. So today is February 15th. My birthday is February 19th. Well, happy so, early birthday. Well, thank you. So I'm getting ready to turn 24. Man, 24. And uh, when did you when did you know that bluegrass was for you? Well, I found out pretty early on. Now, I started taking mandolin lessons when I was 11 from Alan Sibley. Oh. Uh, Alan Sibley and the Magnolia Ramblers. People might recognize him from RFD, um, the Bluegrass Trail. He taught me mandolin. He taught me how to play guitar, and then he started me out on the banjo when I was 13. Wow. And, uh, and I figured out before I started playing banjo that this is what I wanted to do. Um, I just hadn't quite got there yet. So Alan even taught me how to play with a band. He taught me all his songs, and I toured yeah. with him some. So he started me out young, teach me how to sing harmony and how to play with a band rather yeah. than just taking lessons on an instrument. Um, yeah. And once I started touring with him some, I was like, yeah, this is it. You know, my life's over now. Yeah, so. a lot, you know, a lot of cats, uh, they can burn the fretboard, and then uh, you put them in a band, and it's like, ooh, man. So uh, you learn quickly uh, less is more. Less a lot of times <laughs> is more. And, and, that, and that's the truth because, you, you know, I've, I've done, you know, several contests, championships in the past, yeah. and I have seen – where there are two different types of musicians. There are band players, and then there are contest players. And nine times out of the uh, ten, neither one can do the other, Yeah, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, often like a teacher versus performer or, you know, performer into the classroom. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, I bet you can actually start a grass fire out in the parking lot with parking lot jams. Do you enjoy the jams 
Absolutely. You do. That's one thing I've enjoyed at festivals from a young age. And, you know, even if the jam isn't the best music, it's a lot of time it's the fellowship with the other people, getting to hang out with other people and getting to know others. Um, It doesn't have to be good music for me to have a good time. Because I do enjoy just hanging out with people. Um, and if sometimes if I get a chance, if I have time off and there's a chance for me to go to Bluegrass Festival, just hang out and jam, I'll, I'll pay my way in oh, yeah. and go to Bluegrass Festival and pick. I love well, it. Well, I'm going to give you one of these media badges. You you won't have to pay anymore, man. Yeah, perfect. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you, first of all, you, 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 you throw around Edgar's name, and if that doesn't get you in, use the old Bluegrass Jamboree <laughs> media badge. And you'll get in free. I mean, we love Man, you guys yeah. at at the uh, Bluegrass Chamboree. Yeah, and I, I love everybody there too. I've Annette Grady has been one of my biggest supporters ever yes. since I started. She she's got my very first album, and I think I did when I was fifteen. And w- one of the songs on my album from two thousand eighteen was an instrumental project I did, and she has one of those songs actually as her cell phone ringtone. Wow. Um, so she's been a big supporter of me, and I appreciate her for everything she's done. And she's been working very hard uh, for the last 10 years. Yes. And uh, we just want to congratulate the Bluegrass Jamboree. Absolutely. For 2024 Spigma Radio Station of the Year. Absolutely. I'm and so excited to see that y'all won that. I know that. And I, I, I might be corrected if I'm wrong. I recently saw a video that you guys, Edgar Louder Milk Band, and, and the band was there, and you shouted out kudos and congratulations to our station. You may have been the only artist to have done a video like that. Really? But I appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, Edgar's been really good about it, and I, and I try to be too. You know, the D- DJs and radio stations are a staple for the artists without you guys you know nobody's playing our music yeah so if if nobody supports you then you might you you don't feel recognized you don't feel appreciated and and we we would feel the same way if people didn't come to our show yeah you know so you all deserve the attention and the recognition just like everybody else does yeah well i appreciate that and and we love playing your music and uh maybe i can see edgar later uh he'll be a heart uh, you're a hard act to follow if he walks over here i might just say you know edgar it's fine i already talked with anthony yeah you know it's like uh, I just don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know, if if, if, if you see him walk by, I definitely stop him. He'll be glad to talk to you. Yeah, I'll talk uh, to boss man, and I'm going to tell him straight up, you need a pay raise. I'm going to tell him. <laughs> I'm just going to straight up tell him, you need a pay raise. Cause I, I appreciate that. You're looking that. dapper today. you got outfits to buy. You've got instruments to, to maintain and, and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Hey, man. I gotta ask you a question. Yeah, dude. You know this is this is most people know this, but then you know how uh, Facebook and social media can be. If there's one instrument that could define bluegrass music, which one would it be, Anthony Howell? One instrument. That that is a hard question. Is it? Because 
so everybody thinks of bluegrass and it's going to be the banjo. Oh, you my know, the, 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 These days, I, I, let me finish now. Folks, I, I'm, I'm sit gonna, down, folks. Sit down. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm, this, is, this is a serious question for yeah, me. Yeah, it is. I'm serious. So, you know, people think about bluegrass. They think, okay, I'm going to hear banjo, and that's going to be the thing that you notice the most. But my personal answer is going to be the mandolin. Because bluegrass did not start with a banjo. Bluegrass started with Bill Monroe and his brother. Yeah. You know, they had the Monroe brothers, and they that was the start of it. Right. But at the same time, bluegrass did not was not really considered bluegrass until Earl Scruggs come along. There you go. So it's, it's kind of a two-answer question for me. If, if you don't have a mandolin, it's not bluegrass, then it might be considered old-time. Or hillbilly music. Now, now, folks, we're hearing from a multi-instrumentalist here. Uh, Professor Howell, I mean, is putting on a clinic here. <laughs> Class at, is in session. Okay, so I got you. I, I'm following you. The, the mandolin, of course, which we have read that Bill Monroe purchased that in Florida in a barber shop. I think he gave $130 for that mandolin. I think that's how the story goes. I'm going to take your word for it on that. I, I think so. Well, Google, I think it's on Google. Uh, but he bought it in a barber shop uh, somewhere, uh, I want to say north of Gainesville, up around Lake City. Um, and then you remember there, there were those years where he got mad at Gibson and he, he yeah. scratched all that that's right. logo stuff. and. And then they restored his mandolin. But, um, okay, so mandolin is it. Then Earl Scruggs comes along yeah, uh, and goes, hey, boys, I'm going to invent a, a style called, what's that style of banjo playing? Uh, Three-finger style or Scruggs style. Okay. Um, and, you know, I would almost consider the banjo to not be the primary thing because yeah. the, Monroe's first banjo player was string bean. And the only reason he got String Bean to play was because he heard that String Bean was a great baseball player. That's the only reason he wow. even showed up. Monroe hated the banjo. Yeah. Whenever String Bean left, he said, I don't want another banjo. I don't oh like my. it. And Lester Flatt was the one who said, hey, I heard about a fella who lives up in North yeah. Carolina. Uh, he can play banjo like nobody else. Yeah. And Scruggs was, I'm sorry, Monroe was like, you know, let me hear him and we'll, we'll check uh -huh. him out. And then he decided then, yeah, the banjo isn't so bad. And can you imagine Earl Scruggs is sitting there and he wakes up one day and goes, I'm going to invent something today that will just stand the test of time. I'm going to invent a style. I mean, to me, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting style, you know, and there were people that came before Earl who were playing uh, three-finger style, but differently. Um, Earl had influences like Snuffy Jenkins and Matt Crow, who were they're doing different kinds of three-finger style, and they taught Earl how to use it. Because Earl, yeah. his daddy played claw hammer, okay. but Earl could not do it. He was no good at it. Wow. So, so he, he got pointers from... Uh, from Matt Crow and Snuffy Jenkins, and there's one other, but I don't remember. And then also in the 20s and 30s, there is a man named Carol Best who was playing melodic three finger style fiddle tunes. Wow. Um, you know, Bill Keith was known as the father of melodic bluegrass banjo. All right. Uh, which Bobby Thompson was before him. And then Carol Best was actually around doing it 20 years before Bill Keith was ever even thought of. You know um, what's interesting, Anthony, is to. 
to see a young man who is rich in history. I can certainly appreciate that. Here's the thing. Traditionalists, uh, they don't readily embrace something that's new or the young generation. But kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. Just keep bringing the good music. Keep bringing the the good vibes, your knowledge of history, and uh, everybody loves you guys. You're doing a great job. I appreciate it, man. And and these crazy Malpass brothers behind (laughs) us, I don't even, I'm checking the levels here. They're taking over our interview. I'm going to go over there to the front of house and just pay that guy to turn it down. Do you think it'll work? Give him a Chris $20 bill. He might listen to you. Tell him I said so. (laughs) Promise me you'll come back another time on the show when I'm in the studio and it's nice and quiet. We'll we'll knock out some music. Absolutely, man. I'd love to. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you, Dan. I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. All right. Thank you.